All right, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Rebel with a Cause. I am your host, Eric, and joining me tonight all the way from New Yorkistan, Rachel Tobias. How's it going? Hey, I'm cold, but, you know, at least the snow here is anticipated. Yes. So it's like a, it's like an expected suffering, you know. Yeah, not like down here in uh, good old uh, Louisiana. We decided uh, we were just going to dip down into the teens for no apparent reason at all. Nope. Yeah, it was uh, quite the fun couple of days being at home, but, you know, working from the house, having to deal with the kids who had, you know, allegedly Mardi Gras off, but Mardi Gras has been canceled. So, so. By the uh, way, 2019, yeah. I went to New Orleans to go see Doug Stanhope. Nice. Do some stand up, and that was pretty <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I have to thank uh, Doug Stanhope. Um, he blew up my phone for about four days straight. He retweeted one of my memes about Syria, and it had like sixty three thousand likes. And like my phone would not shut up. I had to turn it off. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like, okay, uh, thanks for the retweet, buddy. But <laughs> that's better than Mike Cernovich retweeting me on COVID. Uh, your story's better. <laughs> yeah, it was just so funny. It was like. It was like at, at after about two hundred replies, I was like, "Okay, I'm done. I can't answer everybody. It's just this is impossible." <laughs> so there, you know, working at my desk, and people would be walking by. It's like, "Why is your phone constantly going off?" I was like, "Doug Stanhope retweeted me, and I'm I'm dying over here." <laughs> yeah, so. don't you hate when that happens? <laughs> yeah. And like I didn't even know that at first. I had to go back and like uh, do some uh, reverse engineering to see what happened when it happened something like going into the Twitter history and it was like, I was like, Oh no, Doug Stanhope retweeted it. That's what happened. Then it blew up from there. So thanks to Doug all the way over there in Bisbee, Arizona. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's been uh not fun dealing with uh weather, weird weather. I saw one of the, uh, one of the conspiracy websites had put like this weather map of it all chilled down the center of the United States. And it was like, Oh look, Biden's just getting even with everybody who didn't vote for him. Cause the only places that were in red was like Miami, Florida and uh, Texas. Uh, well not Texas, but the, some parts of the West coast. It was like, it's like, okay, uh, that's maybe a I'm stretch just, there. <laughs> I'm just waiting for people to call snow white supremacy or something <laughs> and just blame it. <laughs> well, well, that's it on the, that. Yeah, that's the missing title, right? Snow White Supremacy? Snow White Privilege? Yeah, or Global <laughs> Warming, right? That's, a, yes. that's another one that got memory hold, yeah. allegedly. Yeah, it's a, that, that one's changed a few times. So it started off as Global Warming, and then they decided it wasn't exactly warming, so they just called it Climate Change, and then they switched to Climate Disruption. But every now and then, they'll... They'll they'll sneak the global warming in there. I was like, oh no, it it doesn't mean you know it won't be cold somewhere. I was like, okay, global is the word that you're using. That means all over the place. Like I'm old enough to remember the ozone layer thing with hairspray. Oh, yes, yeah, we're you know doing your part was like avoiding hairspray at all costs, or else yeah. this ozone layer was going to dissolve, and then the sun will just burn everyone to death, or like something right. like that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was a uh, I was a kid in the late '80s and early '90s when we had Channel One in the middle of the classroom, and uh, we've got the uh, the Earth Day propaganda, and you know I'd had the little kid from Doogie Howser, MD, and he had to go outside to play baseball in like a uh, in a solar suit and cover up his face and everything. He was like, "Oh, I'm gonna go outside and play some baseball," and you're like, and you're like, "Oh my god, this is gonna be so horrible in the year 1995." Oh my gosh, then 1995 came and we're like, "I think I was lied to." <laughs> <laughs> it ain't hot out here. 
Yeah, so it's it's been pretty crazy, pretty crazy. But you got to make jokes about it. That's the only way we're going to live. Because if I was serious about it all the time, I'd die. <laughs> yeah. And then some things are just kind of ridiculous when it comes to the COVID response, like wearing double masks. And they just keep kind of upping the ante of this weird statehood, uh, Simon says. Yes. And, you know, anal swabs or whatever. And I'm kind of wondering, like, how crazy does it have to get before people kind of turn around and start asking at least some (laughs) questions? Like the flu allegedly disappeared. Yes. uh, Totally totally disappeared. It's not being counted with COVID at all. And here's the thing. And and I, I like doing a lot of conspiracy research and I'm really careful about things because I find that it's important to have a lot of theories on the table, but it's still important to be intellectually honest and say, okay, this is my theory. This is my best guess because when you it's easier to refute the mainstream but when you make a claim you need to back that claim so the most honest thing i could say is oh well i'm not saying covid is the flu and i'm not saying it's a cold i am saying though flu disappeared in 2020 and no one finds that odd or they're saying oh it's because of all the masking and this and that yeah but you can't have it both ways (laughs) (laughs) right and not only that but they can't see how the numbers of deaths could possibly be conflated even when, um, you know, testing can be inaccurate or diagnosis can be inaccurate and all the levels of human error involved. Yeah. 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 I've got a couple of, uh, (laughs) I've got a couple of uh, coworkers and logic traps with that. I was like, okay, so they're saying there's 4,000 new cases in Louisiana. I was like, when they say the word case, what is conjuring up in your mind as the image? And, you know, they're going through the whole thing. I was like, oh, you know, someone who's in a hospital on a ventilator and they're, you know, I was like, no, 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 that's not a case. A case is a positive test. I don't mean this in a classist way, but no one lives or goes to Louisiana for (laughs) hygiene. Like, like, here's the funniest thing I thought when I went to go visit New Orleans. And I know that that's not the best representation of Louisiana. You got more than one by you. And, you know, yeah. So I understand it's more than just that tourist trap. However, the best thing I thought was there's this weird point, let's say on a Sunday morning at 8 a.m. It's this weird, like, dividing point of people's life choices that you really get to see. Because 8 a.m. is either people puking in the street from partying and drinking, like, fish bowls of cheap alcohol at night, or they're up and they're jogging around. and, And you just see this weird, like, it really is possible for people to coexist when i think of the coexist sticker yeah it's 8 a.m sunday louisiana yeah that's right that's the only place that can be applied and i think of people barefoot in the streets like you know chugging down drinks and you've got a mishmash <laughs> of like pastors telling them they're gonna burn in hell like everyone gets something out of it everyone's yeah. included in some way so that's right. uh you know i i feel like you know everyone would have harbored some kind of immunity to something there. yeah <laughs> yeah I, no, i'm that, not a doctor i'm just saying I, i'm an observationalist you know yeah well it's, that's, that's the other thing it's like when you go outside and look you can tell we're not in a pandemic uh, if if we were yeah. you know dead bodies would be on every street corner like bodies and, in the streets but they're waking up and they're yeah <laughs> and uh yeah. you know we would have ambulances all over the place all day long going around trying to pick up bodies and we would be talking about government subsidies of ambulances trying to get all of these dead bodies out of the houses and everything. And you would see what we had in, you know, during hurricane Katrina where the national guard is coming by spray paint in the house of, you know, how many survivors are left or if anybody is there, you know, that would be all over the place too. This, this isn't what they're selling it to be. You know, no. it's, yeah. It's just, they Louisiana, got overblown. 
And it wasn't like it was the epitome of health either. You guys throw marshmallows in the bayou for hogs. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, gators love marshmallows. So it's <laughs> the quick little, little hint for everybody who's trying to hide the body of a pedo that they recently caught online. You know, bag of marshmallows, gator comes right to the surface. It takes whatever else is in the water with it. So, <laughs> except for the ketos, those are uh, fried chicken only, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah. So the yeah, uh, we're kind of like the banana republic of the United States. We're just uh, yeah, it's dirty everywhere you go. <laughs> By the way, like New York, and I'm in Long Island. I'm not New York City proper, but there are parallels because. Yeah, you know you've you've got you know like your creatures and I, and we've got like rats and pigeons and stuff like yes. that. We have like the parallel hygiene, just a yankified version of that. That's right. So you know, uh, <laughs> I'm not yeah, really like sure why people. My, yeah, it was one of my favorite videos from a couple of years ago. Was the uh, pizza rat? It was the whole rat taking the whole slice of pizza? On um, the evolution of that, have you yes. seen rat rat? Yeah, rat rat taking another rat. Yeah. <laughs> There's also one that i thought was great and it was like a rat and a pigeon duking it out and someone just comes along with a broomstick and smacks them and i'm like that's one of the most new york things i've ever seen i don't know <laughs> now i just need some fat guido to come over there and kick him get the fuck off my porch or like a bodega cat to go after them or something bodega like cat yeah <laughs> yeah oh that's hilarious like i feel like enough people have spit in my sandwiches from a bodega for me to have some kind of built up immunity by now. And I'm not yeah. saying I'm a doctor. I'm just saying it has to count for something. You know? Yeah. I mean, we literally eat insects out of a ditch called crawfish. So, okay. Yeah. This, this <laughs> has been driving me nuts because I'm probably the only anarchist who's okay with eating bugs. Like on a logical, practical level, that makes sense to me. I, like, here's the thing I've been trying to say about conspiracies. It's possible for there to be this globalist, you know, uh, Illuminati agenda and sometimes there's a couple of good ideas if it doesn't hurt anybody that's one like i actually did a study abroad to uganda uh yeah. back in college yeah in kampala and i actually got to eat crickets and the person offering it to me said you're an american aren't you I'm like why my accent they're like because everyone from europe turns this down and says no he's like <laughs> americans just eat anything and it was kind of a little bit insulting but true um yeah no, we'll I'm at least okay. try it once you know we're not okay too picky I'm okay with the bugs. The point is that it's voluntary. Yeah. That's that's really the the crux. I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, I've got the the big V's behind me and you know, it's it's got to be voluntary. Uh so, yeah, when we get little stories like we had with Bill Gates today, uh saying, "Oh, well, we need to switch over to synthetic meat." I was like, "You switch over to synthetic meat, Mr. Largest Landowner of Farmland in the United States." Yeah. So the funny thing with him is there's really no firewall between corporations, people with really bad ideas that have tons of money in government. Like we yeah. need to disband the idea that somehow there's any kinds of checks and balances on this. And and yeah. like we must live in some kind of hell because Bill Gates is this villain, but like he's almost like this Ned Flanders like villain that I didn't really anticipate. Like he's not a cool <laughs> villain. He's no. just the villain we get. That's yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I was uh, on one of uh, Tom Woods's uh, tweets. He was to, uh, posting something about Bill Gates, and I had posted underneath it. I was like, "Yeah, he wants the entire world's emission of carbon down to zero, and humans breathe out carbon. So you're gonna have to figure out how he's wanted, you know, wants to get it to zero. And then uh, Jeremy Hammond had quoted underneath that, you know, he's like, "Well, yeah, it's gonna uh, adversely affect the poor more than anything." And I was like, 
yeah, yeah, he he that that's fine. He's a true believer. He's worse than evil. At least he's consistent. But uh <laughs> and he has a good work ethic. Um, <laughs> but I can say from from even just like I struggle because even from an ad cap point of view, if you push the efficiency perspective and cost benefit far enough, you always land at like AI over humans yeah. in terms of supremacy. So it's kind of like I triangulate again, all voluntary like you, no yeah. government intervention. And even if there wasn't a state, we don't hit people to get our way. That's right. It's just kind of like the inevitable conclusion of owning a business and, you know, having to deal with employees and things like that. Well, robots are the most cost efficient. And yeah. Yeah. Well, so. I, you know, when we get to the place where money is going to have no meaning to us because we're going to be able to make whatever we want just by pushing a button, have a little robot do it, you know, it's just going to free humans up to do other things. You know, we'll just See, find stuff to do. Okay. I've been thinking <laughs> quite about this. And I think one of the problems with that utopian idea, like, I'm not. We're saying... never going to get there, at least not in my <laughs> lifetime. So, I mean, this is all theory at this point. But with the problem with having that idea from a utopian perspective, and I understand it's a small leap between saying, how can we make something more convenient and also avoid doing anything? Yeah. It kind of seems to go together. The problem with this utopian idea is we always kind of say like, oh, if we free ourselves up, it'll make us better people. And it never does. <laughs> <laughs> like if I didn't work, I would be such a piece of shit because yeah. there'd be no one to hold me accountable. Like I always fantasized to myself, vital the money in the world that I didn't have to work and how like, what a good person I would be because I would only work at like food banks or puppy shelters or something. And I'm right. like, no, I would probably be really lazy and shitty to people. <laughs> like, you just have to like kind of be honest with yourself in that situation. You're like, I would probably feel entitled to things and just be an awful person. Um, so I struggle because I'm not saying that there should be artificial suffering in any way. And if there's a better way to do something, we should absolutely do it. Yeah. I think I just kind of realized one of the, consequential costs of doing something not the hard way is it can really ruin people like there's that 4chan meme of uh hard times you know make for like strong men strong yeah, men yeah. Make for decadent times and decadent times make for weak men and i think part of that is kind of true again i'm not advocating like forcing suffering on people it's just the inevitable consequence of that because we we're living in like the decline of an empire, but it's decadent right now. Right. Right. And it, <laughs> not everyone's walking around being a philosopher. Like that's not really how that turned out. I no. would argue that people are better for it. I think that there's this like inherent need, like it's the Amish kind of like respect for work that they just kind of recognize, like there's this need for, you know, being good at something and meaning. And, and so there's a purpose in doing things the hard way sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I can, I have a good enough imagination that I can see that uh, if we ever do get to that spot where you know we press the button, you know, what our, our lunch is made for us by a robot, you know, there's still going to be people who are going to want handmade things, and who knows what that economy even looks like. You know, it's like, oh no, I bought this couch from this guy down the street. He made it with his bare hands. Yeah, there's no robot involved. Yeah. I can make posters for the gulag as an artist. <laughs> yeah. 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 I've often uh, said, you know, when I'm in the FEMA camp, just remember I'm picking dibs on keeping morale up. So <laughs> somebody else can be Mr. X. I, I get to tell the jokes, keep the yeah. guards on their toes. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, 
yeah I, I think like humor is so important I mentioned you know I was on Larry Sharp show recently I kind of yeah. I'm not a religious person but I mentioned the idea uh when I think of the armor of God so to speak I think of having a sense of humor yeah if that makes sense because and, and I think that quote um I think it's something something Greek but to the thinking man life is a tragedy but or sorry life is a like a comedy into feeling man life is a tragedy because when it comes to conspiratorial things as I'm into and all kinds of you know war tactics false flags and hoaxes if you believe everything the mainstream says like you will feel nothing but that tragedy you know it'll, yeah. it'll be very emotional and, and wary but if you look at things from like this more objective perspective of ridiculousness some of it's funny like like the double mass right yeah and the anal swell. some of it is it's terrible and it's terrible what they're this is abuse right it's, yeah but it's kind of funny yeah i mean you're gonna have to you're gonna have to laugh at it that's the only way that takes away all the power out of it so i mean yeah i was uh, i was even saying this on uh tatiana moroza's uh show mm -hmm. the other day it was like yeah the left hates being laughed at that's that's the one thing they can't stand being the butt of a joke and it, you know what it's funny because i i came from the left originally i used to be democratic socialist and now i'm like a voluntarist and cap whatever and right. uh the thing that kind of like made me realize I still have a soul was I love politically incorrect humor. Just I would feel and I would feel I would go <laughs> and in, through like and in the D DSA circles that I'm pretty sure that's not allowed at all. Yeah, I would go through like weird kind of things where I would laugh at something and then kind of internalize like guilt and feel bad about it. Like, oh, yeah. I shouldn't be laughing at this. But it's funny. And I, I kind of wrote a, a joke that goes, you know, um, stereotypes are God's sense of humor. Yeah. I mean, they're there for a reason. <laughs> That's right. So I, I always listen to politically incorrect comedians. I mean, Chris Rock at one point was like pretty fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Um, I still like, you know, Owen Benjamin. I listen to Tim Dillon and I just, you know, Tom Segura is another person I like. Just oh, people yes. Who don't bend the knee or try to cater to a certain ideology. Like something is funny or it's yeah. not. And we can have different kinds of senses of humor, but overall like i can't get with the whole woke snl thing <laughs> oh yeah. man so a few years ago when uh tom segura had that special with the uh build the wall around louisiana <laughs> i'm you know right in the middle of cajun country and there were so many butthurt cajuns around here it was hilarious Not and i was like i was like yeah i'm gonna go ahead and buy the shirt now <laughs> and it said build the wall and it had like bricks in the shape of louisiana and it's like oh they yeah. think they're people look look at listen to them talk <laughs> <laughs> he's just dying laughing he was like i can't believe he would say i was like comedian comedian telling it yeah joke. and you you might as well just say what's on your mind and i know that's risky for people i say a lot of things on twitter where <laughs> uh, you know it's like i wonder where where is that i've crossed that rubicon multiple times because it's like look if the left gets their way and i'm not a fan of the right obviously no, no but shouldn't be either <laughs> it's just a joyless it's a joyless existence and and life is short we can't have that yeah not on my watch anyway <laughs> no, that's it gets pretty funny. That's uh, it was like uh, earlier today, you know, I found out that Rush Limbaugh had died of lung cancer and everything, and the, the left was just cheering about it. So I was like, you know, and I'm just gonna take the piss out of it. Uh, RIP Jeff Christie, because that was his name as a shock jock on morning radio in Pittsburgh way back in the day. So, yeah, I may never have, listen to may have been yeah. allegedly arrested with that name too. I'm just saying, but uh. <laughs> I never listened to him, but I listened a little bit to Howard Stern back in the day, I think before he was on Sirius Radio. And then I think after he went on Sirius and like 
during that whole like contract dispute of where he was being censored and whatever but um yeah yeah and also another important thing is not just to laugh but a lot of times the role of a comedian is to uh be this litmus test for a specific kind of culture you know and, and oh, yeah. be observational and also remind people of their own humanity because even if you remove the state there's this okay so there's this like inherent ridiculousness to life itself right because because every day like I wake up and I have all these questions that aren't answered because I don't believe in religion because that's dumb so it's like <laughs> I just have unanswered questions that's yeah. it no no one can tell me and you you have a seriousness in going about your business because that's the only way to be functional if I were to go about every day going to work like well why does this exist and like there's a there's a certain point of questioning where things stop becoming fun yeah <laughs> you, you have, <laughs> <laughs> right with where, where you're like, oh no, I've I've ruined the roller coaster ride because I keep, you know, asking a little, little too, and uh, there's there's no no closure is going to be external. That's the only conclusion definitively I have come up with. Yeah, but, I mean, um, most most of the great comedy out there is all observational, anyways. Especially if it shines a light on weird human behavior. Oh yeah. You know, yeah, it's like some of my favorite bits is just outlining, you know, just something stupid that somebody does during the middle of the day. You know, Louis C.K. had that one great bit about the guy like trying to come over several lanes of traffic because he missed his missed his turn. You know, it's not my favorite way, though. You know, you just got to laugh <laughs> at it because we've all been there. It's like, oh, I missed yeah. the exit. Let me stop on the interstate and try to back up to make it into the exit ramp that I just missed instead of just, you know, sucking it up, take the next exit ramp, turn around and come back. But uh, yeah, it's yeah. It, at any time that we can shine a light on human failure or just our little quirks here and there is always just going to be just the most hilarious stuff. Yeah. So I've kind of come to the conclusion like that earth is you've heard the star Trek term Kobayashi Maru. Yes. The uh, unwinnable uh, situation where all hope is lost. Yeah. So, so earth or, or um, humanity rather is kind of a Kobayashi Maru and I'm not here to spew like yeah. negativity all over your podcast. It's more of like, um, there's so many inconsistencies and idiosynchronicities and odd things about people and myself in general, where we yeah. have these logical fallacies. We have so many like errors, you know, in the way that we operate, even again, if you remove the state, we're, we're so ridiculous overall as a, as a species that it's like kind of an unwinnable situation in many ways when it comes to freedom and, um, yeah. the best, the best I can see is pockets of freedom because it takes so much. And I've joked, like, you know, I'm probably going to destroy myself before the state does. Like I have issues with caffeine and sugar and, <laughs> and just like dumb, dumb vices that, yeah. you know, are difficult to get over. And I finally reached the point where I'm smart enough to know that I'm going to do something stupid. I just don't know when. And then yeah. that has, you know, <laughs> taken so much progress to get to that point. But also um, before there was Jordan Peterson, there was Terrence McKenna. I'm sure yeah. you, you've heard yeah. of him, right? And Terrence McKenna is a really great um, speaker at kind of combining the ridiculousness of life and also the observational and deep insight with comedy. But I was thinking quite a bit that uh, I think the reason that we've never been visited by aliens is because the only people who take psychedelics are like people on the left and libertarians. <laughs> <laughs> so, so imagine if you will, like, Terrence talks about, you know, going to the fourth dimension from shrooms or having DMT trips. Imagine if fourth dimensional beings or aliens have only been visited by hippies on psychedelics. And that's like their impression of the entirety, the entire scope of humanity. Like, of course, 
hippies on uh, psychedelics and socially awkward libertarians who are just going to yammer <laughs> about the nap all day long. Exactly. So it's like, how can we ever learn more about Earth or any other dimension <laughs> or anything? No one wants to come here. Like, why would they? <laughs> <laughs> I get to see the aliens now. It's like, just look at them. I mean, they're just arguing on Twitter all day long. I mean, what's the point? We could show up on the White House lawn. No one's going to notice. <laughs> or this whole idea of domestic terrorism, which is dumb. I don't know why anyone would bomb the U.S. because we do a pretty good job, like destroying yeah. ourselves over dumb things. Yeah, like it says on my uh, on my Twitter thing right now, I'm a domestic tourist. So, yes, twenty. So, twenty twenty one is the year of uh, black joggers and white tourists. Yes, I've decided. <laughs> if you need a reference for that, let me know. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's been pretty nuts so far this year. I can't wait to see what's going to happen going forward because we got a uh, a White House press secretary who's going to circle back to everything and not actually answer any tough questions. Uh, oh. And I hate that I have to hate on one of my fellow redheads, but you know, it is what it is. Got to do it. Got an old man <laughs> up there who should be in a nursing home somewhere. <laughs> come collect your girl <laughs> yeah come, come to be honest and and here's the thing like i keep up to date with the news sometimes just to know what the news is up to yeah and to get an idea of what it is they're trying to force feed us not because i believe majority of things they say yeah and for I'm me it's looking honest, at the matrix code it's like i don't even see the code anymore i just see blonde blue net redhead you know <laughs> yeah and to be honest like trump i would listen to occasionally because he was objectively as terrible of a person he was or whatever yeah. politician like any other he was objectively funny versus like biden i just i check out not yeah, not because i am apathetic to politics in the sense of um oh it doesn't have any effect on us at all is more of just like that's just going to be a circle jerk you know, yeah don't care i mean even if he was all there he's not captivating enough to watch you know at least trump was delivering jokes <laughs> right Right. There is like some interaction there. But but the good thing is people can then focus on solutions, right? Because the anarchy yeah. solutions haven't really changed. Yeah. It's like don't hurt people don't don't take their stuff. You know, it's pretty easy. Yeah. Or or even just the everyday stuff. It's like, well, to the people that are concerned, what do you do to function every day? Just keep doing that because uh, you know, and self-sufficiency and networking and other things such as like cryptocurrency like bitcoin i've invested in a little bit um getting ammo and food oh, and things like that good. it's like there's there's plenty to do without yeah. having to listen to the news so, yeah yeah i mean for a podcaster you gotta get a look every now and then even though i don't want to it's kind of like oh it's gonna hurt it's gonna smell yeah. bad <laughs> but you got to uh but yeah. yeah doing what you can just for yourself that every little bit is going to make a big difference down the line so if you're taking care of your little bit in your household, you know, you never know. You got a neighbor a couple doors down that's probably doing the same thing and they're not being, you know, too vocal about it either. So that's one thing I have found with New Yorkers. They're very libertarian minded, but not so much in their actions most of the time. But uh, when you start talking about it's like, yeah, you know, you just leave people alone. They're like, yes, please. I want all eight million of these people to leave me alone. <laughs> it would be great. Well, with New Yorkers, there's this, uh, well, I will say this. I don't know how it is in Louisiana, but in New York, being rude is a sign of respect. And I appreciate yeah. that, like, upfrontedness because I lived in Indiana at one point. And I've had people. Oh, say you're never going to be rude there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've had people say to me, bless your heart. And I'm like, I know what that means. I'm not dumb. <laughs> I, know, I know passive aggressiveness. Like, that's, you're trying to <laughs> kill me with passive aggressiveness and ambrosia. I know what you're up to. 
it's yeah. just a different flavor of interaction. It's a different, different kind of game theory. New Yorkers yeah. are the kind of people where they're like, you know, abuse everyone, but the minute you abuse them, you know, they'll they'll yeah, join yeah, together. Yeah, <laughs> that's the cause they're gonna rally like, behind. Only I may hate on my state. You understand? Like <laughs> because I did my time there. That's <laughs> the reasoning. Yeah, it's kind of like going to the dog park. You know, the dogs are going to be growling at each other, barking at each other, and then you're just going to tell people, it's like, no, 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 they're playing. Look, their ears are up, their tails are wagging. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't take the Libertarian Party seriously, but I wish they had that New York energy. Because right? it's, it's a it's, joke. It's... <laughs> yeah, it's a it's just that sense of conviction about right. themselves, you know? So I wish everyone in New York energy, just not directed at politics, but in in people's own lives that makes any sense yeah that makes sense <laughs> yeah and for me like when i go on podcasts or things i just i get really incredibly impatient with certain things and i feel bad about that um like i don't take the political system seriously i don't take the lp seriously i think that we're dealing with a spiritual situation again i'm not religious but it really is this crazy like um deeply soulful spiritual situation that we're in and it, right. it's not going to be resolved with this like you know power structure built on violence that like i think it's going to keep getting crazy and crazier until people are like okay yeah that's not an avenue <laughs> or a resolution we can't do that and uh because the lp here's the deal is like the problem with them is they want to operate in this very predictable way and i and i appreciate that but they're dealing with a system that fights dirty and plays unfair yeah, so you can't yeah really... they're not yeah they're not willing to be machiavellian about it at all so yeah and, and i'm not advocating not being consistent with principles i'm just saying when it when it comes to anarchy and voluntarianism unfortunately this is just how it is yeah we're burdened with like we're kind of handicapped by morality and i know that's a negative <laughs> way of phrasing it but no but you're completely like, right yeah yeah, we're we're kind of burdened with like being predictable and taking things off the table because we're trying to be consistent. That's yeah. just what it is. And not only that, but I don't think that it's every anarchist job to try to wake people up, but I think we end up and I think like the problem is uh the the claim, the burden of that claim of why the state is so great should be on statist. Yeah. But the problem is like we end up having to do this thing where I think it's important to extend an olive branch to have a window open for conversation, but also be ready to defend yourself and not take shit. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's really tiring. It can be grueling and tiring to do that. <laughs> yeah. I'm but. just glad that there's uh, some folks out there on Twitter who's willing to uh, get an entire uh, Twitter war with a neocon and, and yeah. some, uh, some boomer libs about stuff. Uh, I don't really have the energy to do it. I mean, I'll laugh at it. You know, I'll just make my little joke and, you know, disappear into the bushes. But uh, <laughs> yeah. it's important to bully for quality control. Yes, That's I am. That's the way I see it. Yeah, you're going to have to bully people. You're just going to have to. Because <laughs> so you want to know, here's the thing. And I don't mean threaten or harass. There's there's a difference. I like to bully people from the LP because it's like you want to know what they're made of. You want to know how they deal with conflict and people they don't agree with or people that they don't have to convince why the state is bad. You want to yeah. know, like can they roll with the bunches and yeah. be flexible and real in that moment? Most of the time, no, no. <laughs> they're going to no. cater to some kind of bullet point. Like when, um, Joe Jorgensen talked about how it's not enough to, you know, like, oh like, God, Joe Jorgensen. Yeah. I don't care if people are racist. I don't do like here. Here's the thing. Here's what I've broken anarchy into. 
and, and libertarianism and freedom into there's two conversations and two main debates. Number one is the don't hurt people, don't take their stuff. No state as a resolution, blah, blah, blah. Right. No force as a resolution anyway. That's like number one, right? Yeah. Number two is once you have freedom, what is or is not a good idea? Yeah. <laughs> like, like what to do with that freedom? And you and I can debate as to like what is or is not a good idea still not using force as a resolution i think we're sincerely as a society stuck kind of at number one like number two is interesting because i see like the you know liberty hangout that that oh kinda... oh she said it <laughs> she said it oh Boomercon like, children I, hang out oh no like i see kind of the back and forth of again i phrase it as argument number two what is or is not a good idea to do with freedom once you have it right Right. Like some things don't violate the NAP. They're just weird. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, doesn't mean. I mean, if you want to dress up like a fox and a bunny and, you know, get it on, like, well, more power to you. Just leave me away from the Muppets tank. That's all. Right. Like, I can say, like, as your life. Rachel lawyer, was not prepared for the furry joke that I just laid out on her. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't, but and then now you start to put on the ears. You're like, I knew I felt comfortable furry. Yeah. <laughs> um,. I was going to say, like, as your life lawyer, I, I like to do this, um, you know, thing in my head as a practice where I say, like, as your life lawyer, though I'm not certified by any degree, as your life lawyer, I suggest that being a furry may not be within your best interest as a rational. Like, that's how right. you have to kind of look at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It might not violate the NAP or anyone's rights. However, as your life lawyer, I suggest. <laughs> yeah, it's... It's kind of the same thing. I've got a bunch of OnlyFans content creators that follow me on Twitter. Right. And, you know, somebody had like sent me a DM. He's like, you realize you got like all of these whores and prostitutes that follow you? I was like, yeah, yeah, I do. I was like, <laughs> but you're married. I was like, I'm not doing anything with them. I'm not sending them DMs. I'm not paying yeah. their college uh, tuition through OnlyFans like, subscriptions. You know, it's they're paying fine. me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If only I got those theoretical internet dollars. See, that's the thing. We should have two things. One is one is OnlyFans. The other is called If Only. And if that Only, where, yes. That is where, see, that's the thing is like women can show tits and get paid. Men have to storm a capital and live stream it <laughs> to get any kind of money at all. And there's this sexism that happens. No one's allowed to talk about. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very different it, standards. Yeah. Without <laughs> being, only. you know, called, you know, misogynist yeah. and everything else. But we never or, talk uh, about misandry. No, no, we don't. Right. So if only fans, you know, we, we, I think we've got like a billion dollar idea here before Amazon steals it. Yes. I'm not saying it's copyrighted. I'm just saying as your life lawyer, <laughs> if you steal my idea, you might cause some shit. <laughs> if only fans. <laughs> if, if only fans. And yeah. uh, I wrote this other joke about prostitution because, it, and I'm kind of like, there's a lot of things, like I said, in that boat of, I don't think like sex work is real work. Yes. Right. And I wrote, yeah. you know, like all sex is work, blah, blah, blah. But sex work is real work. Yeah. However, I don't endorse it nor think it's like the best idea, obviously. Right. But I wrote this right. prostitution joke where I said I could never be, I'm a libertarian, but I could never be a prostitute because, you know, my sex is priceless and therefore zero. That's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Start making the little Thomas Soul jokes. The uh, actual minimum wage should be zero dollars, you know. <laughs> Yeah, but just um, work on that econ 101 jokes because you know the world needs more of that. Oh my goodness, 
hilarious. I, I remember when I used to like that's the, here here's another thing I've been thinking about in terms of reaching people on the left and like trying to put myself in those shoes again because when I was on the left I had now I just wish I had music and graphics that just like shows your face going across Rachel thoughts Rachel thoughts Buongiorno uh, who am I kidding I don't speak Italian but one thing I do know is good coffee. That's right. I'm a self-described coffee nerd, and uh, I do love coffee from Italy, especially Lorenzotti coffee. And if you guys love uh, Italian coffee as much as I do, then head on over to Lorenzotti.coffee and grab yourself some of the best coffee that I've had in a long time. These days, you can get good coffee just about anywhere, but why not have it shipped directly to your house? Any order over $15 is automatically free shipping, so you can't beat that. But if you want to do a little bit better on the price, you can always enter in the promo code RWAC for Rebel with a Cause, and you can save 10% off of every order. So guys, go stock up on your coffee. Do it now. Once again, that is Lorenzati.coffee. And as always, it's linked down in the show notes below. Check it out. If only. If only. I um, I had like really good intentions and my heart was in the right place. And I thought like, this is how you help people and government has all these resources. And blah, right. like, I thought structurally, and when I thought in the minimum wage debate, I was like, yeah, but they can't make a living just flipping burgers. And don't you care about these people? And I would get upset yes. because for instance, how many Liberty folk do you know are, are like, yeah, support me and my liberty by me buying cheap mugs from China made with slave labor. Yeah. And, you know, for 10 cents, support liberty, but like that, that kind of inconsistency, right? And people would drive me nuts because they would say, well, I gave the slaves 10 cents. And that's more than the government there would have. So I would just find myself like incredibly <laughs> frustrated by the libertarian argument on that. And just like, hmm, like something doesn't quite seem to connect here. Um, but now I understand why minimum wage is, you know, such a terrible thing, like in raising it and being forced on people or having the government be involved in anything. Like now I understand the consequences of that. I just yeah. don't understand like things can sound good, obviously. Right. But consequentially <laughs> result in much more harm and things. Yeah. 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 I mean, we experienced that in 2001. It's like, oh, we've got this new piece of legislation. It's called the Patriot Act. You're going to be a patriot, right? And support it. Yeah. So like, if anyone, sure. if anyone's listening and thinking about how to reach people on the left, the idea is you want to understand, put yourself in their shoes, try to understand where they're coming from and figure out what their real agenda is. Because if their agenda is just ego based and they're trying to virtue signal, like you're not going to, yeah. it's going to be a waste of time. But if they're sincere and they're really like, they want to help people, they've just been kind of either raised or thrown in public education to think this is the avenue and way yeah, to do this it. This is the only way to do it. Yeah. Right. Then it's easier to kind of reach them and say, okay, what is it you're trying to accomplish? If you're trying to make the world a better place, might I suggest X, you know, yeah. explain to them why that is, why voluntary action, charities, things of that nature, allowing people the different flexibility and avenues to help people directly is a much better option. And if they're really sincere, like, and their goal is to help people, they might change their mind. Right. But yeah. if their goal is to just argue, like you'll know pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, that's the that's the old uh, Scott Horton rule. You attack the left from the left and the right from the right. And the left, uh, they deal a lot in emotions and, you know, they're not going to arrive to their positions with using facts, logic, reason or evidence or anything. So you're yeah. going to have to make that emotional based 
argument. And that's kind of tough for an analytical, you know, socially awkward libertarian type. Oh my god! I, I would have so much problems because I, you know, I was the elections chair for the state party of Louisiana. And I was sitting there t- saying, I was like, okay, well, when you're going to go do this, just understand, you know, the right has their emotional arguments too, because it's all, you know, what about those brown people coming over the border and taking my jobs and everything? You know, if you go out there and try to argue facts and figures with them, that it's, it's going nowhere. You're going to be spinning if your you wheels pull on out it. Yeah. An abacus and some sweet tea. I don't know how you guys settle scores in Louisiana, but. <laughs> exactly with an abacus and sweet tea, man, you, you must live here. <laughs> No, but that's like, but that's the problem. You can't bring, you know, I, I say you can't bring like a logical gun to an emotional fight. Yeah. It just doesn't always compute. I get that. I get the sentiment. Here's the thing. Um, in going from the left to you know, anarchy or whatever, and uh and I'm not an ancom by any means because I don't want roommates stealing my lunch to be a lifestyle. So no thanks. I, um I'm a property and- owner. If I don't mow my grass for the week, they come and take it. I, I don't get it. right right so it's just in kind of understanding the different viewpoints and i've also been a part of different movements like i used to be a part of a feminist group um i was president of an atheist club for two years you know i've been a part of different movements and in every movement regardless of what it is the movement stood for were similar issues with you know runaway ego or people looking at things from this simplistic perspective like when i was in the atheist club we would talk about how to reach people in resolutions and yeah. people would say no you can't do a you have to do b but the answer really is if you have the resources the manpower it's good to diversify and you know it's again regardless of what the group claims to be about there are these similar human you can't like outrun human behavior you can only kind of seek to understand it anticipate and then anticipate it and go from there truly and i think people kind of don't do that work or like understand that that needs to be done and if they only could they'd be so powerful i almost wrote this um book about like how to conquer the world whether you're evil or good (laughs) (laughs) because the the rule book is like kind of similar in a sense of like about persuasion and how to reach people i mean granted like i mentioned earlier being good means you have dale carnegie already wrote that book right how to win friends (laughs) and influence people (laughs) yeah you have more restrictions, you're more predictable, but the idea is, um, yeah, there's similar avenues. I think a big issue I've seen, at least with anarchists now, and that's kind of like the last line, if you're anti-collectivist in general, anarchist movement is kind of like the last line of movements (laughs) (laughs) to be a part of, but a lot of problems that I see, and I'm not perfect by any means, are like a lack of discipline, a lack of consistency, a lack of calling out people when they violate things, a lack of conviction, a lack of, you know, or trying too much to appeal to other groups. Yeah. And no, we, we see that all the time. Yeah. There's, there's a reason why right now, you know, the, the blue pilled libertarians are getting all up in an uproar about the Mises caucus trying to take over and everything. And yeah. it's like, I mean, come on guys, you you caused this. You wanted to appeal to the, to the left and try to, you know, be number one and get invited to those cocktail parties in Washington yeah. DC by being, you know, respectable. Uh, it's, you know, the pendulum is going to swing the other way. So. Yeah, because when it comes to things like racism or whatever, it's like we're we're approaching it all wrong. Like we can't. OK, we can't eradicate racism because I'm not saying it's good, but racism. Well, is I mean, inherently... that's just a ingrained human trait. You, you look exactly. different than me. So you're going to be suspicious of people right. that are different than you. Exactly. And so. Oh, he's it's... from the tribe that wears the purple <laughs> feathers and a bunch of weirdos over there. 
And also segueing off of racism is people get really upset at the idea of when you start talking about behavior being contingent upon either genetics or race or ethnicity oh. or things like that. Right? Oh, people here comes the mad. Stefan Molyneux. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Let's talk about your eggs. Channeling. Yes. <laughs> well, you see the thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> now that I have all your money, I could yeah. really tell you what I think about mother and bashing her head. Like, it's just bizarre. Woo! Um, Good old Molly meme. These Canadians just attacking America all the time, like Lauren Southern and Jordan Peterson and some 41, but I digress. So the same when it, when it comes to, you know, did you just drop a some 41 reference on my yes. podcast? How dare you I'm trying to sneak it past like a caravan <laughs> of brown people. So anyway, um, that's the thing is like people get so mad when anyone collectivizes, um, you know, and says, it's dangerous to say that any kind of behavior is contingent upon something that can't be changed. Right. Right. There's a lot of conflict in that. Right. But people have no problem shitting on people as to where they're from or where they're going to live because that's considered like external. We we just have a little playful back and forth about that. You know, I'm in the South and you're up there in Yankee land. And so, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like you don't have as much of an accent as I thought, but the fact that you can, you know, even work oh. a camera, I'm pretty impressed. Like you oh, must darling, be the smartest I, I can get, I can get East Texas if you want. That, <laughs> that just comes easy. That's almost natural. Like it's like the opposite sentiment of whatever, like British people sound like. <laughs> <laughs> oh but, man. Uh, I've like, I've had some uh, had some talks with some British people and it was like oh man you guys sound so smart and they're like don't make that do. mistake don't make that mistake and I've seen a black like comedian from the UK and it is the weirdest thing <laughs> that there's any blacks in the UK no it is like the weirdest thing to hear there's like a UK been accent. there for quite a long time actually <laughs> it is the weirdest thing to hear a UK accent coming from someone that's black and you know it just is what it is but anyway like yeah we're, the libertarians are just stuck on the wrong point. Yeah, I'm not in as their life lawyer. Yes, I'm not endorsing racism because supremacy is a dumb idea. Yes, right. And like, don't support like race kind of, realism either, because at some point that has a point, if you know what I mean. <laughs> right, but but it's but it is kind of funny because um, technically, if we're all individualists, then supremacy would just be narcissism. Right. Really. <laughs> oh, I'm better than you because look at how I comb my hair you know and robots are better than all of us so, like we can't win that game it just yes. never it's not gonna end how people you're just gonna end you're too human uh, to understand that the answer to everything is 42 yeah plus zero <laughs> plus zero yeah that's right yeah but i would say i would say that like I t- like again as your life lawyer i don't suggest you be racist <laughs> it's a bad idea <laughs> but we shouldn't force people to try to be equal and or like force equity and or force outcome equal outcome kind of thing like it's, it's just a dumb idea but um another joke i've written is a segue i've said it okay and i've said this on twitter i'm surprised i'm not banned when it comes to racism and supremacy i'm like okay history let me get this straight did the jews trick white people into thinking they went to the moon which they hold over the head of other races I'm like <laughs> did, I, did i understand that right like <laughs> so uh yeah, that was like, that's always like the deflection. It was like, well, of course I'm not white supremacist. I mean, the smartest people in the world are Asians. You know, we're like, wait, what? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And I'm sure people have already made the point of like when leftists try to protect minorities, they end up just sounding super racist and condescending and like just kind of, I don't know. Yeah. 
uh, I do love Thomas so well and, and I wish I had discovered his work sooner to be honest so yeah it's like we need to laugh at racists too and and I say that I don't want Nazis to be banned from platforms because I want to make fun of them and also don't you want to know who's racist don't you want them to say and announce like their dumb ideas so that you know like what they think but yeah when people attack racism in of itself and advocate force against it then it's just wrong thing at that point you know and people i think part of the reason they attack racism so much is because they always assume that it is the precursor to violence yeah always right like i don't yeah. like I don't every single time what, yeah yeah i don't care what people think again not a, not the best idea not the most accurate but it's like people can think or say whatever they want as long as they don't hurt actively go hurt other people yeah um we get cases like that down here all the time because you'll see you know two guys will just start jawing at each other and if one guy is white and one guy's black invariably the white guy is going to say the n-word he's just going to blurt it out (laughs) and then he's almost immediately going to wish that he hadn't you know (laughs) and then we've had other cases where there's like city judges and they'll use the n-word you know they'll drop that n-bomb at a restaurant or something i was like okay guys he's a judge we now have to go back into all of his cases and find out where maybe race might have played an effect on his uh, on his judgments. <laughs> and no one wanted to hear that, you know. And I've, I've the black friends that I have at work and everything are looking at me. It's like it's like you know you're a little more anti-cop than like my uh, Black Panther uncle. I was like, thank you. I'll take that as a compliment. And I'm just waiting for left ar- anarchists to say something like, well you know black people can be racist too what if they also believe in white supremacy are you saying that they're not allowed to are you saying that (laughs) like i'm just waiting for (laughs) yeah i mean if you believe the the left uh libertarians they think that uh you know eric july is a white supremacist and you know that's right i love that (laughs) yeah he's a big black guy from dallas texas so or i mean but just because someone's a minority doesn't mean that they can't be racist in general like but but it's just kind of funny it's like Yes, but they yeah. use the new uh, postmodern uh, definition of racism where you've got to have that power differential and everything else. I was like, that's not the definition of the word. No. And then they want to like spiral it into other things, like having any sort of preference or discrimination in any sense oh, is yes. considered like something phobic of some kind. And if you won't sleep with the trans, like here, yeah. here's the thing, you know, where you point where out I phobia stand, means a fear of, and I was like, I don't fear them. I just don't want to hang around with them. Look, know? I'm, I'm open-minded to a range of wackadoo shit, but if you yeah. involve kids, no, that's no. a hard line. Yeah. No. Wood chipper go burr. Oh my God. Like even, the, but I'm also just talking about Desmond is amazing and there has to be a line in the sand, right? They're just, they're just, even again, I've been to Burning Man, I've seen some shit, but there is, there is this line in the sand that is not to be crossed. And yeah. also I would say like, when I was from the left, I used to believe in those talking points about my perspective of people on the right or conservatives was that, oh, anything they don't like must be hateful, yeah. right? Like without any really deep exploration of that, I, I just thought anything that deviates outside the norm they just don't like or are suspicious of. And it's taken me, you know, it took me years to, and it seems kind of obvious to understand certain things like, hey, maybe they don't, don't necessarily like, you know, hate gays just for them being gay per se, as just more of, let's say like someone that has, you know, a gay child or something that might be upset because they see that as interfering with their lineage, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. It, they could see that as, yeah, like maybe that person might face all these other problems in life or maybe, you know, they're upset at the idea of not having grad kids or whatever. So that never like 
had yeah. crossed my mind. Yeah, there's, there's, you yeah. know, entire, entire histories of that. You know, if, uh, you know, you lived in the 1200s, and this is where the term faggot actually came from. It was a large bundle of sticks that you would have to carry yeah. on your back. Because if you're going to have a gay son, he's going to be with you because he's not going to go marry somebody else, you know, have mm -hmm. kids of his own and everything. He's just going to be a burden for the rest of his life. So that, I mean, that's where, right. so that's where all that stuff came from. But so, we just want to ignore all of that. And it's like, now that's not so much of a big deal because you can have that gay family and they can adopt kids yeah. and everything else. So. Yeah. And here's, here's the issue I see a lot of the times is the people on the left believe that everything is subjective. Mm. You know, and the people on except, the right except for that... labor, somehow, <laughs> <laughs> right? Unless it's sex work, then it's real. Yes, but, uh, <laughs> but people on the right believe that everything is—I don't want to say the word objective because that's not one hundred percent true. But they see everything. Ayn on the Rand right would as... want you to say objective, <laughs> right? But everything on the right isn't as you know concrete. Or, or is um, minimalistic, you know, as they tend to see the worldview. And so that's the issue I have. And the kind of conclusion I've brought with those two meeting in the middle is life itself is objective and the experience of it is subjective. So like the left understands individual expression, but only if it still fits within yeah, what they deem to be acceptable. And the right, you know, believes in an inherent natural order, which it is, but they're okay with use of force to keep that and and there's yeah. certain things i have difficulty reconciling with with um such as when people make the claim of you know when it comes to homosexuality and saying like oh well god has a specific order and there's nature and blah blah, blah. like okay i understand that but then why would god make gay people is that like punishing you know people for yeah that, for that or yeah you can get into you know, the whole you know, a whole uh, argument over free will versus determinism. You know, it's, you were always <laughs> destined to have this. Uh, Would you not call it entrapment? You know? Yeah, I mean. Not to sound like a snake here yeah. in the garden to me, but would you not call that entrapment a story? It's like technically the fall from grace would have never happened if God didn't lie to begin with. I'm just right. saying. Right. <laughs> yeah, you, could you could take the Satanist point of view where the, the serpent was just trying to help mankind and is like trying to see, hey, look, God lied to you. You know, you, right. you ate the apple, you didn't die, obviously. <laughs> right. But um, yeah, and that, that story could also be construed as uh, about property rights, truly. Yeah. Right. Because it's like, it doesn't matter that it's an apple, it's God. You just shouldn't yeah. be touching other people's stuff in the first place. <laughs> That's the first lesson of the Bible is property rights. Yeah. regardless of how ridiculous it seems but um yeah it was that yeah, little so, kid it was like uh it was like so they had kids and then those kids got women where did those women come from <laughs> well you know there was other people it's like wait adam and eve were the first two that square does not circle <laughs> well and so that's this is the thing is you know people existed then a bunch of things existed before i was even born Things are going to exist and continue after I was born. Right. I unfortunately don't have answers for everything. Maybe Stefan Molyneux does. <laughs> I don't. But um, look, I, sometimes I just look around and I'm like, okay, Earth is a weird place. Like, for instance, if everything was good, how come there's plants that want to eat animals? Like, right. vegans can't <laughs> answer that. Like, no one, no one can. Did God create that? Like, no one can answer that. I just look around. And I go, okay. Look, some things are cool, some things <laughs> suck. This is a mixed bag. I don't have any answers. 
the best I can do is don't hurt people, take their stuff and try to run the clock. That's basically, right. I would like us as a human, as a human race to like reach the point of raising our consciousness where like, we really do live in harmony with nature as in it's everything is meant to be an ecosystem, right? Like everything is meant to have a certain order to it. And we're supposed to, you know, be caretakers of the land and integrate ourselves. And I think right now it's not surprising to say um, we have an unsustainable model of being and nothing to do with climate change or whatever, by the way, like every new world order conspiracy, there is like a grain of truth, right? There are issues with sustainability. Oh, yeah. There yeah, are yeah. issues with <clears throat> animal ethics, right? Like there are grievances that are true, but then they always offer, you know, some grievances are stupid, but for the most part, there are like real genuine concerns, but then they offer like fake resolutions to reinforce their power. But like, yeah. I it's would like, love, you know, I'm yeah. mostly carnivore. I, I can talk to a vegan all day about, uh, about, uh, factory farming. But at, at the end of the day, they still see that even though that the one cow was slaughtered humanely without any pain or anything, they, they still view it as a murder. And it's like, okay, here's the image of the hay bale with the fox all tied up in it. You know, come on, guys. Yeah. Like I'm like I'm torn up because the way I see it is, um, you know, we shouldn't be held to the standards of the animal kingdom because clearly, you know, we have consciousness. We have the capacity, to, right. regardless of how you think we came to be. Uh, we have the capacity to think in a moral way and therefore like we're held to a different standard, but there's certain things I can't deny. I can't deny the health benefits of being animals. Could we be kinder and treat them better and have yeah, a better self-sufficiency? Of course. But like, I struggle with a lot of things <clears throat> where I, I just call myself like to be most um, philosophically consistent. I call myself like your reluctant vampire <laughs> is the okay. best way of phrasing it. Right. <laughs> because what people tend to do, is and not to be deontological here but people tend to like conflate their solipsistic and they conflate the idea that if something benefits them it's always good yeah morally and if something hurts them it's always bad morally <laughs> and like that's not really <laughs> objectively how it works so it's kind of like and yet we have politicians who that's what they run on and they win all the time <laughs> whether it's rigged or not so. yeah well, <laughs> but, you know i mean that goes without have... saying it's an election of course there's fraud at every level oh my goodness <clears throat> yeah it, you know do we have to just say shenanigans to cover our bases seriously semantics here whether it was yeah. fraud whether there were shenanigans there was right. a circus like right. <laughs> i've, I've whether... been the one who's been pointing out look there is a stark difference between voter fraud and election fraud sure. there's two totally different legal definitions so yeah something something shenanigans something something right, right. I'm calling bullshitskis on this understand one. understand it. <laughs> yeah. But then what drives me nuts as an anarchist, I'm sure you can relate to this, is like, it doesn't matter whether the election is fair. It should not exist at all. Yes. Like, I'm stuck at like trying to get over just pointing out the hypocrisy of the system. Like how many times can we point out that the system does not follow its own rules before you go, why do we have this system? Right. Uh. <laughs> so... Yeah, I mean, you know, when you yeah. talk to your uh, to your relatives whose Fox News logo is burned into the corner of the screen because it never leaves that channel, uh, you're like, <clears throat> well, we could have third parties go up on that debate stage. No, 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 no. It, it can only be a Republican and a Democrat. Why? They weren't here with the with the founding of the country. What are you talking about? Yeah, I have to. Oh, I, or I say to people, hey, you know that Constitution you like? Well, the things that you like about it, if you enjoy that you might like the spirit behind it. Like <laughs> you might like natural law. May I offer you this? Yeah. 
And yeah, of course, I can go all day long about how the Constitution was a coup and, it, you know, shouldn't have been in the first place, you know, but <laughs> yeah, that's something like I, like I had no concept of. And it wasn't until I came across Ryan Dawson that I was like, wait, this South is different than what was conveyed. Like, <laughs> oh, you, you mean the Civil War was totally <laughs> misconstrued in this like very leftist direction of, you know, Abraham Lincoln freed the slaves so that the Lincoln Project could hit on boys, like something like that. That's like the honest <laughs> history, but uh, <laughs> that's the only way that could end. But, oh yeah, um, no, and like down here in the South, they they get parts of it right, so they understand that it was the war of Northern aggression. Uh, but they want to discount like all of the bad shit that the CSA was doing at the same time. I was like, I was just pointing out, I was like, well, the number one reason why the CSA failed was because it was a centrally planned economy and centrally planned economies always fail. Right. Right. Like, you know, we take things off the gold standard and that's why, and here's the thing. And, and this is how cynical and jaded I am is like, I do think people should invest in Bitcoin. Do I think it comes from Satoshi? No, I don't know if Satoshi even existed. Do I think it comes from the system? Probably. Maybe. <laughs> like, I, yeah. like I tend to think like everything is kind of a trap, but like that doesn't <laughs> mean it can't be useful or important. That's right. I mean, use the tools <laughs> against them. I mean, those are the tools you're provided. Uh, it was it was like me. Right. I was uh, thinking about getting it in 2011 and ultimately didn't because of the whole Mt. Gox thing. And I was like, oh, see, it's, it's totally a scam. Can't can't trust it. And then nope. now you're seeing it later and it's, you know, over $50,000 for one yeah. Bitcoin. So now people can send crypto to your, if only account. Yes, exactly. You can pay for my hairy shoulder picks. So <laughs> or to get them shaved <laughs> either way. <laughs> now there's an entire joke behind that. I uh, joined OnlyFans to post pictures of my hairy shoulders and I actually got two subscriptions for $5 each. <laughs> Were they people that were trying to buy Chia Pets on eBay? Made I have no idea how they found those pictures, but I immediately closed out the OnlyFans account. And I was like, okay, no, this joke got too real. Oh, maybe some dudes <laughs> thought it was a bush and like lesbian uh, twins. <laughs> oh, man. They're like, oh, some Neph Nephilim uh, redheaded lesbian <laughs> twins with some yeah. 70s bushes. <laughs> yes, 70s bush. Maybe. We'd... Oh, oh, there we go. <laughs> Accidentally uh, snagged my own cord. Accidentally but, um, snagged her own cord. Yeah, happens I told to the best you, I, I'll probably take myself down before the state does, and that's not like you know a self harm kind of thing at all. And um, yeah, but just, I think any, just to put it out there, I am not suicidal. I've never no. contemplated suicide. And my suicide joke goes like this. And normally, when I do stand up, ha ha, start, bang! I'm just kidding. yeah. <laughs> when I do stand up, I don't start every joke like here's a joke. I just say that because we're on a podcast, people are listening in the car, and I want them to be able to like not swerve so they have a heads up um, my suicide joke goes like this is like personally for me i've reached the point where i always want to be honest with people i always want to be upfront about you know the terrible things and the suffering in life and i don't want right. to lie to them but some people will ask you know for advice or something like that and i've had friends you know talk to me about suicide and i certainly don't want to encourage it but i also understand where they're coming from too and that's a difficult, I don't want to lie to someone and tell them, oh yeah, it'll just get better. But like, I don't want to encourage you either. And so I'll say to them, okay, why don't you wait a thousand years? And if you're still depressed, then do it. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some kind of compromise. <clears throat> yeah. Never, never a fun topic to talk about uh, suicide, you know, you know, unless they did it like hilariously, like, uh, you know, David Carradine with the, with the belt and the pornographic movies playing. Cause then you're like, what, what were you doing in the last? 
five minutes you know why why did you arrive at that situation i don't like modern art yeah modern art is just (laughs) terrible i just think of that being somehow like some kind of moma but like (laughs) someone walks into a janitor's closet and sees someone hung but they think it's like part of the exhibit or something i feel like that would kind of fit in well to the landscape of 2021 you just see some (laughs) oblivious art critic hmm his use of red is uh very captivating it's like red it's blood dripping down his eyeballs or he strangled himself yeah obviously i'm a doctor (laughs) obviously i'm a big fan of free speech like i think any topic should be on the table anything to make fun of i i you know made fun of the holocaust before it certainly shouldn't be removed you know i've said things like people people get really angry at holocaust deniers right that's either people who didn't think the holocaust happened or imagine it you know revisioned or whatever yeah you know and uh, and I say it's weird that people get really angry and defend like that the fact that the Holocaust happened because if it didn't, wouldn't that be good news? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that means uh, you know six million people didn't six die. Six million and... people died. Damn it. Yeah. Now it gets it, that you can go down like an entire rabbit hole on that one, and uh, it was like it's like guys, it actually happened. Like the Germans were very good about keeping paperwork. Oddly enough. That's because they had Jewish accountants. You can't go wrong if you're going to do that. Right? That's right. Like, yeah. But that's the thing is we're, we're not going to, we're not going to progress if we can't address like specific <laughs> drama, right? Specific historical drama. Right. And, yeah. and I've mentioned, by the way, on Twitter too, it was um, that woman that got fired from Lucas films because oh, she was comparing my, the my treatment. New, yeah, my new favorite person in, in the whole world, Gina yes. Carano. The one woman that looks like she would be a part of the boog the boogaloo, which yes. I'm happy because I was thinking, where are these like boogaloo women, right? If we're talking about oh, libertarianism she's, and she's equality. Definitely one of them. Yeah. There's no there's rarely any roving gangs. I was promised roving gangs of Amazonian boogaloo women, and there's one potential. Yeah. So anyway. She she had posted, you know, comparing basically the yeah. um, antagonization of Trump supporters to Jews during the Holocaust in the sense of she wasn't complimenting Nazis or not really even at all Trump supporters. It was just people who just disagreed. Yeah. Political dissent, the dissenters yeah. of, of any kind. And she was just saying how easy it <clears> is to dehumanize people and kind of turn people against each other if you can other, yeah. you know turn people to others and she's absolutely right in yeah that and then situation. disney come along and proved her point exactly yeah and, and we're really headed into that dangerous territory when it comes to list but my point is like if you take the concerns of a bunch of people whether you disagree with them or not and you write them off completely and you call them deplorables and you just ignore them yeah. you're going to try to create like a violent situation which is what the system wants by the way the system yeah. is actively shutting down avenues of free speech because they want a civil war between people not between the state and you know like yeah because then afterwards they'll just vertically integrate whatever's left so exactly they want a race war they want a religious war a war of all kinds of avenues of people's ideologies and stuff like that so um i lurk on 4chan quite a bit and i see a lot of oh yeah um, you're you're right there on slash poll i see you I love poll. like I have to go to poll for my news. That's how bad. <laughs> right, I go I go to APAC for the weather and poll for the news. That's how I have to do that now. No, um, never gonna so find if, Rachel on slash GIF. Never. So if I want to know where the next wildfire is gonna be, I have to look at APAC meetings. Yeah, um, see where your Jewish but, laser is gonna hit next. Yeah. 
That's right. All the money that was lost from the Pentagon with the Jewish right. places, which by the which by the way, AOC <clears throat> was like being kind of threatening, threatening to Texas, where she's like, "Oh, this is what you get for not having green power." And I imagine her saying something like, "It puts the turbines in the wind, or it gets the snow again." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. She, she's like, "I'm not saying there's Jewish lasers. I am saying if you don't sign here for the Green New Deal." <laughs> Perhaps we'll, we'll just make sure that you know <laughs> you never have a summer again. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So so ridiculous, but yeah. So I go to 4chan and I see like people obviously critiquing the Holocaust and and giving their own worldview and talking about Jewish supremacy and stuff like that. And obviously, I mean, I was I was raised Jewish, so I like to say I did my time. I don't associate necessarily with any ideology other others than just being independent human being or whatever but right. there really is this you mean with the name uh, rachel tobias that's that's jewish what huh <laughs> that's my slave name <laughs> it's black um but i was gonna say that like there's a lot of built up tension and resentment going on and rightfully so like i mean the whole thing with jeffrey epstein the whole thing with mainstream media the whole thing with like positions of power mostly being held happens to be held by Jewish people. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of animosity and again, rightfully so not, a, it's not all Jewish people. Right. But, um, yeah, this every it's time I see the list of the, the Bilderbergers that come out, everyone <laughs> wants to point out like all the Jewish people. And then I was like, okay, well, how about this guy, this guy, this guy, this woman, this woman who all were in attendance and, you know, they claim to be Christians. So Right. Or like Ivanka Trump, you know, like yeah. allegedly, allegedly Trump convincing evangelical people that he's super religious and Christian is like, like a guy that, you know, yeah, that guy was divorced. convincing anybody. I mean, uh, that was ridiculous to me. And I've, divorced, I've literally heard, three wives. <laughs> you know, I've heard a Trump fan say, oh, he's a babe in the woods. Like he's just new to Christian. I'm like, what like I, I get turned the other cheek, but yeah. come on. Now yeah, that's that's the a, other TDS. That's Trump devotional syndrome. So, <laughs> and uh, and also Joe Biden as well is a huge Zionist, and and you know I'm not saying every Zionist is Jewish, or whatever, but the support of the state, right? Whether yeah. it's supporting a Jewish state or not, any state, it's like yeah, these people don't have to be. Um, yeah, Jewish I've actually people. gone to a church yeah. where there was somebody from Israel there to collect money to send back to Israel. That's so. the most Jewish thing I ever got ever. Yeah. And you're like, this will help us, you know, keep the uh, the Palestinians out of our settlements and everything. And it's just like, yeah. it's like you guys kicked Judeo them off their Christians land got to go. first. Yeah, it, it's got to go. Um, <laughs> so so that's the thing is, again, not all Jews. However, when the criticism is correct and there yeah. is the supremacy and also I don't like the religion and religion's an ideology. It's not a race, although Jew itself is used as a multi-use term, which makes it yeah. super confusing because it can mean like a person an ethnicity, a race and a religion and a philosophy, right? Yeah. <clears throat> this multifaceted thing, but it's important to make that distinction. You know, I, again, I'm not going to sit here, be an anarchist and say, Oh yeah, Zionism's fine. Why would it be? Yeah, yeah. It's just another flavor of a state. Like it's just a kosher state. Very, <laughs> very kosher. Very kosher. <laughs> yeah, and what they're doing over there with like genociding Palestinians is is horrific. And the fact that the US yeah. supports it. And remember, like as long as just not white people attack other non-white people, then it doesn't doesn't matter. No one cares, right? Yeah. It's not but not a problem. Yeah, brown <laughs> people are doing it. 
What's that got to do with the uh, with the uh, the price of wheat tomorrow morning? You know, but uh, yeah, that's pretty nuts. Yeah. So <clears throat> that all that all that stuff has to really be addressed, other than censorship and banning and forcing everyone to just you know hustle over to Gab and or at least funneling people right or like <laughs> funneling them to think like Parler was obviously a bogus thing i mean as soon as trump was like let's all go to parlor i'm like he's just a straw man yeah he's just there he to never hurt went everyone. he never set up an account <laughs> he's just there to like hurt everyone into whatever trap is next yeah. and i feel bad for the people that you know i oh, yeah. hate QAnon. I, I hate yeah well, i had the parlor account there for a little bit and then i was uh it was my episode with scott horton talking about the war crimes in yemen and how trump was just as responsible as obama for it and uh, that post got flagged and reported so many times that they just zapped my account. So I was like, okay, now I'm out of there. Yeah. And here's another thing too. Like, I, I'm not familiar with how much conspiracy research, you know, you do in general or things like that. But I've done. <laughs> I was I listening like to a- Alex Jones in the late 90s. I'll just, uh, <laughs> I'm one of the OGs. <laughs> I used to listen to Alex Jones like back in the day. But um, the point, the point is like, I, like I said, I do a lot of this research. I wrote like a 15 page paper on Parkland and, you know, other stuff like that. And so I was just wondering, like, in general, I was gonna say, I don't know how much, um, you know, research and things that you you do on stuff like that. But um, yeah, I do like, a pretty fair amount. So okay, that's good. Because people need to know about like false flags and hoaxes and stuff like that. And all these like subversive warfare tactics that are going on. And how exactly can the people fight back if they're censored and then they don't understand like how they're being manipulated in every direction. And there's a false flag, by the way, like good guy with a gun in every direction, not just, you know, to grab guns, but to promote them. I mean, there's yeah. weird, weird stuff. And yeah, well, we, yeah. we live in weird times, Rachel, you know, what are we going to do about it? So yeah, people over the age of 116 can recover from COVID no problem. And like, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> that fact thought Chris Christie recovered from it just fine. You know, he's you not the picture of health. People, yeah. You could eat 10 people each that had COVID and he would still be fine. Yeah. Um, Donald Trump made it, you know, and he eats nothing but <laughs> cheeseburgers and uh, Diet Cokes all day. But to be fair, maybe most of his in- inners are synthetic. So like there would be nowhere. I'm not a doctor. I'm, a I'm not a doctor lawyer. or anything. I'm just saying. <laughs> If anybody was a synthoid, it would definitely be Donald Trump. I'm just an anarchist with a certificate from the Dudist Church. So take the what Dudist I say <laughs> with humbly insult because, yes, I am a Dudist priest, actually. Dudist priest. <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> well, Rachel, yeah. I think that's uh, probably a good place to leave it off uh, for this episode. Uh, we'll have to have it back on uh, at some point. And we'll uh, go down the uh, go down the, the yellow brick road another time. Let's uh, go ahead and drop all your plugs right here. All right. You can find me on Twitter for now. For now. <laughs> Unless I post more links of videos of Joe Biden touching kids, then that's the only time I got in trouble. So it's uh, Rachel, R-A-C-H-E-L-D, Tobias, T-O-B-I-A-S. Uh, you can find me there. I also am an artist and I do a lot of uh, surreal paintings, surrealist paintings and drawings. You can find me and there. They're very at- good. I checked them out today. So I can vouch. You. Yeah. <laughs> You wouldn't have said anything other. You would have been like, not violating the NAP, but theory of labor actually matters. Um, <laughs> Amerta Studios, A M R T A Studios, um, and people can reach me through that website as well. I'm also co-host of RTR Truth Media Sundays at um, it's like 10 a.m. whatever Arizona time is, 
like something something mountain time that someone's made yeah, up that's and then <laughs> arizona they have like their own thing because they don't recognize daylight savings time and, and there's like a few counties in indiana that don't do that either so bless their heart but then like <laughs> 1 p.m adult real people standard time eastern standard time <laughs> the rest of us productive people are yes <laughs> um, so people can find me on there as well well, awesome. Thank you very much for uh, hanging out tonight. Uh, it was uh, very funny, very enlightening. So I hope everyone enjoyed it. Uh, but we'll say bye-bye to you right now. Bye-bye. Thank you. Take it. Bye. Bye. She's trying to tap the screen. I know. S still didn't do it. <laughs> still here. Hold on. Hold on. I got it. Nope. Close, bo still, close border. Still. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, and there she goes. All of her links will be listed down below in the show notes. And guys, everything's down there in the show notes. Such a wonderful place to be. Uh, we've got all the ways that you can support this podcast uh, slash video now, because that's what I'm doing now. Uh, you can find me on uh, Patreon, uh, Subscribe Star, Float. Uh, even have my Cash App and my uh, PayPal info down there uh, as well. Uh, also, guys, if you are listening or uh, on the uh, podcast, go to iTunes, give me a rating and review, get those things up because uh, that helps out with the algorithms. And for whatever reason, all of the other services pull it from iTunes. I don't know why that is. That seems crazy and nuts. But uh, yeah, if you get one on there or on some of the other services, let me know so I can go look it up because it's uh, kind of a pain trying to find all that information sometimes. But anyways, guys, uh, take it easy. And we'll come back to you next time with a brand new episode of Rebel with a Cause. Out. Out.